Hi and welcome to the Travel Hero Podcast by ITB. Are you ready to reveal some superpowers of the great minds of the tourism industry? Here's your host, Nico Gutia. Today's guest, the one and only Monica Wiederholt. Monica, how are you? Perfect. ITB is always a perfect place to be. That's great. We're happy, happy to have you here. You're one of the most, I would say, powerful women in the branch. Am I right or is it over the top? That is over the top. Depends on who I ask, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> Tell me about your way. Well, I had an early start, actually, in the travel industry. When I was still a student, uh, I started to work in a bus company, accompanying buses across Europe. Oh, wow. And um, well, I was a bit um, drifted away by my mathematical background, actually. You've I, heard of it. Uh, yeah, I don't I have any anyone, <laughs> anything in that. Well, also, I have a degree in mathematics, and uh, actually, that uh, gives a hint um, towards my two passions. It's actually travel and tech. And um, yeah, so over the years, um, I traveled a lot, of course, in my private life. But uh, I also started my, my first real professional um, occupation uh, with an airline, with Lufthansa. And I was a modeler and a mathematician within an airline. And I pursued a management career over the years in the airline industry, closely connected to travel, of course, mm -hmm. and traveling myself a lot, both for duty and for pleasure. And now I'm with Amadeo as a technology company, enabling, actually, the digital side of the travel industry. And that's just perfect. At which age did you know travel is your passion? 11. 11. Yes. What happened? What what was it for well, a day? I mean, I, looking back, that was maybe 12, 11, 12. That was the age when I started to organize the uh, family journeys, the family holidays. <laughs> and age. I, yeah, and my favorite, uh, my favorite lecture actually were um, travel catalogs. So at that time, on paper, of course. Yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and I, I started to organize the family journeys. What was the first one? Cyprus. Oh, and did it went well? Yes, luckily. <laughs> so, yeah, we always approve yourself and then you're allowed to do it again. <laughs> okay. And so after this, all of your family members said, hey, it's time for you, Monica. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, basically, I was responsible for that, yes. Cool. And this uh, goes on with your friends? So you were always the travel manager? Um, it still goes on with my family, I have to say. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm sort of the, the travel manager. and um, But I do rely also on travel agents as well. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that is my personal time constraint now. <laughs> okay. Looking back on the journey in, in this business, what was the most important moment? Negative. Negative, most important moment. I think both from my, my personal and private perspective as well as from a professional experience is what was September 11th, 2001. Where have you been on September 11th? Um, well, I was a newly appointed head of crew scheduling for Lufthansa. So I was basically sitting in the middle of flight operations uh, of the major airline next to the crisis management team. And uh, what's at that time, what happened was so unbelievable and shocking and terrible, horrifying. And uh, well, personally for me, I was a very young manager at the time. I had to digest personally what happens in the world and how can people do that. And in the same time, for sort of function and organize it on, from a professional perspective. And you can imagine what it meant to flight operations when suddenly the airspace closes <laughs> above North America. And uh, yeah, it was just very intense, intense emotionally and professionally intense week and phase. Um, how did this change your life? 
It changed my life uh, quite a bit, professionally-wise and personal, because uh, from my managerial perspective, I got a lot of respect for what it means to manage a crisis, or what, how a single event can affect uh, a whole company, countries, industries. The world. The world, yeah. And of course, uh, ever since then, um, terror, terror attacks and uh, security had a different a different position i would say it was a hard time yeah it was a really tough tough time i have to say yeah. what was the best memory in all of your journey the best memory in all of my journey i see a lightning in your eyes <laughs> there were so many i mean i'm quite a lucky person so i had so many nice and and memorable moments and i would say it's always uh, having the the possibility to To see the world together with family, with friends. I had so many wonderful moments, uh, basically, around the world. Which I could not pick one. No. Can you believe that there are people out there which aren't in the mood to travel? Oh, yes. <laughs> I can believe that. Sometimes I'm not in the mood to travel as well. <laughs> <laughs> But you have seen a lot. Those yeah. people sometimes haven't seen anything and won't. Yeah, that's a pity, of course, because I really think uh, travel connects the world, connects societies, enables peace, basically. Okay, how is digitization changing the way of traveling? I guess it will change every aspect of travel. And um, I have to say, I, I mentally, I live also in the future of digital travel. And I'm a bit disturbed by the present sometimes, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, uh, obviously we, we have a lot of uh, paper and strange processes still around, which from a technical perspective are really unnecessary. Yeah? So looking into the future, uh, and, and, uh, and of course Amadeus is working on that, uh, we will have digital services all around us. Uh, like today we have electricity around us and nobody, you know, asks why. <laughs> So we will have digital services um, mainly ex um, by by voice with biometrics with identifiers around us, and it will not be necessary to have um, papers with you and write your address on a paper and show your passport. Yeah, so I would say the future is, of course, has to do with biometric identification. But is there a danger? Uh, are you referring to data protection yes. or? Well, I think it's it comes with convenience. Yeah, if you look mm. nowadays, um, I'm I'm still surprised uh, how we live today and how open we are in sharing our data, yeah. using data, really. And the next generation basically has absolutely no problem with it. Mm. Yeah. Looking some decades back, uh, the discussions we had, especially in Germany, around data protection and surveys and personal data, was quite a difference. So we already live in a time where this kind of sharing data for convenience is quite common, I would say. Yeah. And uh, this will continue, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And okay. of course, there will be regulation around it. And uh, I'm a big fan of uh, actually that the individual owns his or her data and uh, can steer it. But certainly the, the whole technology will change the way we experience travel and it will make it much more frictionless and much more comfortable. Hopefully. Good for the trees if we don't use that much paper anymore. Oh, yes. <laughs> so do you have any tips or advice for travel heroes of the future? Yes, they're curious. Yeah, travel, of course. <laughs> so I think it, it sounds so easy. 
Well, I, I really think it's um, it's a, a good motivation to to enter the industry is to have a passion for travel, of course, and then just follow your other passions. Yeah, being a tech, like in my case, or anything else, service or arts or yeah, it's uh, really I, I strongly believe that the combination of individual passions always creates success and an enjoyable journey. Uh, let's go back to the 11th year old Monica. Would she ever believed that you would take this position you now have? No, certainly not. Not even a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that has to do uh, with my um, non-willingness to plan anything. And so <laughs> I would say uh, I'm, I'm really also in my life on a journey and I do not plan much ahead. So that's why I think, no, the 11-year-old did not think about it. Actually, I, I lived in a in a small village in 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 a in a wooden in a rural area, so certainly not. Yeah. Today, the rural areas should they become the place for future travel planners as well? Of course, yes. Yeah. So there is a lot of beauty in rural areas, and a lot of things you can do there. And um, I'm pretty sure that uh, rural areas will benefit a lot from travel and tourism, as they do already today, of course, in some areas of the world. What do you think? Who should listen to this talk? Everybody passionate about travel? Will you listen to it? I know you don't like interviews with yourself. <laughs> well, I don't like interviews with myself. I do like listening to interviews with other people. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Last question. Who's your personal superhero? Gandhi. Gandhi. Why? Gandhi. Because I think it's unbelievable that without any violence, he had uh, succeeded to transform a huge country and society. And I think that is something I really admire. Um, and of course, we see a lot of other examples in the world, which much more violence. Yeah. And um, yeah, being a manager in a big organization, I have a lot of respect for what it means to transform. And to work without violence. Without violence, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Travel Hero Podcast by ITB. If you like what you heard, make sure to check in soon again and subscribe to our channel to know when it's time to reveal another Travel Hero story. Uh -oh.